Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Killer, Liverpool One. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Extra Time here at A View from the Bullens. I'm your host, Paul Stewart, joined by Matt Smith, otherwise known as Tactically Matt, alongside Matthew Barry. So, January transfer window is obviously now closed. I was over in Liverpool in the studio all day, waiting for something to happen, but as we've seen, it was quiet across all the leagues this year. Just under, I think, hundred million spent compared to eight hundred and fifteen last year, and actually the second year in a row, Everton have failed to make a January signing. I come to you, Matthew Barry, first. How do you feel about the lack of movement this year in the January transfer window, and do you think the risk will pay off like it did last year? Um, initially, I was sort of disappointed that that we didn't get anybody in because you know we were so thinly spread. Um, at, at, at the best of times, when you know when we have a fully fit squad, you know we're still we're still quite depleted on numbers. So I would have liked to have seen us bring bring a couple of couple of bodies in, uh, mainly, and it's an ongoing theme on 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 our podcast. Somebody who can play the Corey role when when the Corey isn't there, um, but that sadly it, it wasn't to be. Um, you know, I, I think the signs were there at the start of the month when when Kevin Thelwell. Uh, put out the communication to say, you know, don't expect it to be a, a busy January at all. Um, so, you know, I think the writing was on the wall from the start, but still perhaps a little bit disappointed that we we weren't we weren't able to get a loan in um, from from somewhere. Um, you know, there seemed to be a, a little bit of movement around, albeit as you quite rightly said, you know, not big money spent, but there seemed to be players still still moving, and I'm sure that you know we we tried, um, but it just wasn't successful. I was half I was half expecting to see Ishmael Assar's name um, pop up in our in an around deadline day as 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 is. You know, he, he he's going to be the modern day Raquel, may I think, um, <laughs> just to see if we were going to um, try and put in a last minute bid for him. Um, but but sadly, that didn't that didn't come off either. So yeah, disappointed but not surprised. 
And you, Matt Smith, what do you think? Do you think it's a, it's a big gamble for the club to take, not bringing anyone in, considering we're so light in the ground in the squad? Yeah, look, it's it's obviously in hindsight, it's gonna it's gonna look very different in a few months' time. But I think we just it, it just tells a lot about our financial situation at the moment. I think I think we're thinner than we were last year. Still didn't make a sign in this year. And look, Felwa came out and warned us and and said that it wasn't going to be a busy window in terms of incomings. So I think as fans, we've got to sit back and and say, look, they've, they've warned us, they've communicated well and take that as a positive and say that we were warned. We didn't, we weren't there expecting loads of sign-ins. We were hoping for maybe one or two through the door towards the end, but it didn't come about. And I think people have to remember as well, a lot of the time it's, when one transfer happens, another happens and then another happens and it just spitballs and there's a flow of transfers happening and that never really got going this window. So there wasn't an opportunity where, you know, a, a club picked up a player, then another, one of their other players becomes available. That didn't happen as often as it usually would. So because of that not getting going, there wasn't these loan signings that often come about. A lot of clubs try and sell their players permanently, but then towards the end of the window, not got much interest They'll try and get them out on loan. And like I said, that just didn't really happen. But Deitch is, is the reason he's in charge. He can work with these these small squads. He can work with what he's got, the tools that he's got. He doesn't really kick up a fuss about it and, and complain about it. You hear him talking in press conferences. Yeah, we're thin on the ground, but he's willing to, to work with what he's got. And I think we just have to put faith in the manager now. We've been without, you know, Decore Onana at the weekend. We've always got a couple of players out and we always seem to manage to sort of pull off results. Obviously, it's always a little bit worse without the core, as we've you know alluded to quite a few times. And it would have been nice, as Matt said, to bring in someone that was capable of sort of producing what he does in that role. But again, it is what it is. I compare it to last January. I was absolutely fuming the day after the transfer window. But we did sell a big asset. So that, you know, played into why we were sort of angry as fans. This time we didn't sell anyone, we didn't make any signings, but like I said, we were pre-warned, so I think it, it settled the fan base a bit better. But yeah, it, we'll, we'll be able to tell in a few months whether it was a, a mistake or not. But, you know, like I said, we, we we understand it and, you know, we just have to deal with that at the moment. Yeah, I think you're both right, bringing up the Kevin Thelwell. Of course, he came out and communicated to the fans that it was going to be a quiet January and sort of not to believe any rumours that are floating around on Twitter. So I think that played a big part in the fact there was no real meltdown this year compared to, I remember, January last year when the deadline and the window ended. Twitter was just, everyone was fuming, and rightly so, at the club. Obviously, we sold Anthony Gordon, so we had a bit of money to play with. So we thought this year, it was on Twitter refreshing at the deadline, just waiting to see what people would sort of say. And it was quiet, and no, it's almost like no one really had much expectations for sending to come through the door. So I think... The club and Kevin made a smart decision coming out in the start of January, end of December, I think it was, just to let us know the position we're in financially. And I think that's good going forward that the club make those statements just to make fans aware and not have any sort of false hope. But I'll just move on to the player side of things. We had a player return from the African Cup of Nations on Saturday in Ghana Guy. I thought he was excellent. I was down on, obviously, the game on Saturday. I thought he was excellent. And it was no surprise that... He played brilliant after he didn't have much game time with uh, his country, of course, when he was away. But I've seen a stat 
that he won possession 16 times and made eight su- successful tackles. How do you think he fared on his return, Matt Barry, on Saturday? I thought he was. I thought he was fantastic. Um, he, he's he's the type of player who you know he, he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be first choice um, now. Although I think perhaps he should be. I think you know, Garner and, and Onana is is, is Dyche's first choice pairing. But you know, sometimes Garner has the type of game where you look at him and you think, how can he not play? How can he not start? And you know, yeah, and Saturday was was one of those games. You know, he was he was absolutely everywhere. Um, and some some of the challenges he was putting in, you know, the last gasp challenges. And I just I just wish that you know when we when we did have that break, and he had um, Carver Lewin to his right, I forget to his to his left, and he opted to shoot. And you you, you all know what's going to happen when he opts to shoot, and you just think just pass, pass the ball. You know the whole. Whole of main stand two where where I where I sit which pass the ball pass the ball and and he opted to shoot um but you know that that's the only that was the only downside to his game on on Saturday he, I, I thought he he marshalled um the midfield fantastically I thought he gave brilliant coverage um to Tarkovsky and and um, and Branthwaite and he, he just he just shows no signs of of slowing down you know he's he's, he's thirty five. Um, this year or early, early part of next year, and you know he's, he's still as energetic as as he was, you know, in, in his first stint with us. Um, I think I think between now and the end of the season, he's going to be absolutely invaluable. But you know, when you look at the the quality of, of Spurs' midfield, you know, Benton Cause is is a, is a fantastic player. Um, you know, Hoiberg's a, a, a good a good level Premier League player. Um, but you know, we they didn't have. They, they weren't overrunning us in the field. You know, Madison was finding space, but you know, he, he does, regardless of the opposition, he, he's, he's that type of player. Um, but, you know, for, for Garner and, and Garner Gator, um, produced that sort of display in, in midfield. I thought it was a testament to him. And as you quite rightly say, he came back late from, from the AFCON and he had one day's rest and then, you know, probably did a light training and, and went straight in and he hands down man of the match for me. I'll come to yourself then, Matt Smith. Now, just from a, ta- or a tactical point of view, with obviously the impending return of Onana and the Curry, how do you see Sean Dice lining up the Everton midfield with Guy Onana and the Curry and Garner? Do you see which one do you see dropping out, or how do you see Dice going with that? Yeah, it's really tough because throughout the season, there's always seems to be maybe one of them unavailable. The Corey is always going to be the man in the in the more advanced role if he's fit. So then you've got three players for two positions and we've seen Garner, uh, James Garner play out wide at times. And it is really, it is a really tough decision because I think James Garner's, he's had a good season. I don't think he impacts games as much as maybe Adrissa Gay and Onana when they're on their top, top form. I think when they're on top form, them two are the the standout midfielders, which is no shame. You know, Adrissa Gay's got a lot of experience and, He's played at a really high level. Onana, I think, is a top, top talent. But, you know, James Garner does give you that that work rate as well. They're all quite similar in the fact they're always, they're always work. You never really have to worry about, you know, just again, James Garner not working hard. Even if they're not having a good game, they'll always put in that work rate defensively. Um, but it's a really, really tough decision. I think there's always going to be a mix where it's still going to work. I think if you drop out of just a game, Garner and Onana, I think they work well together. 
And I think all all of the pairings out of them three work work well together in that in that midfield too. What do I think he'll do? I think it's really tough. It is really tough. I don't think Adrissa Gay is going to be a player that's able to play twice a week for the next, you know, five, six, seven weeks. So I think there will have to be rotation. Um, Onana as well, he's struggled with injuries quite a, a fair bit this season, little niggly injuries. So I think with James Garner, he's he's quite reliable in that in that respect. He's he's rarely out injured, obviously out injured quite a lot last season for you know, one big injury, but this season I think he's been quite steady. Um, so I think it, it, it could be a case of sort of Adrissa Gay and, and Onana rotating sort of throughout the season. We're going to have sort of game uh, weeks where we've got games twice a week. Obviously, we're out of all cup competitions now, which means there's a little bit less chance of, of rotation. But yeah, I think going forward, it will be James Garner. Although, I, like I said, I don't think he's the, the standout midfielder. I think he's sort of Mr. Reliable in there. You know he's going to be fit. So I think we'll we'll uh, for the rest of the season, we're going to see sort of Adris again and Onana maybe rotating in and out and... And yeah, knowing our luck, then they're, they're not all going to be fit at the same time anyway. So it's probably a, a point we don't even need to discuss. But yeah, that's that's sort of my take on it for sure. Yeah, some good points there. It will be interesting to see. Firstly, if we have them all available together, which we never seem to, but it'll be a tough decision for Dice and his team to make when it comes. And if it comes, I suppose. Another hot topic. Oh, go ahead, Matt. So, so I'm just going to say, do you know if, um, for example, where Decore is in fit now and we've been playing Harrison, um, do you think that if Decore isn't available then and Onana and Garner Gay is, then he may push Garner forward, James Garner a little bit forward into the tent to keep Harrison on, on the right-hand side? Yeah, well, I think that is a possibility. I think Garner's got that little bit more of a, a creative aspect in comparison to to Adrissa Gay mm. and Onana especially. And, you know, he, he can press from the front as well, similarly to Decore. I don't think any player in the squad really replicates what Decore does. And that's why we've been no. calling out for that sort of signing, haven't we? So, yeah, I think that that is definitely an option. And, then, you know, like, but like I said, when Decore's fit, I think it's always going to be, always going to be him. I think Harrison does an all right job in there, but, I think Deutsch likes having his, his two wingers out wide rather than sort of one of them coming into sort of central areas. Yeah, that's another option then for Dice to consider, I suppose. But another hot topic this week, I suppose, is the Nathan Patterson. Seems to have fallen even further down the pack in order. Didn't think it was possible, but he's now seemed to have he's fell behind Ben Godfrey. We've got Seamus Coleman there. And even Ashley Young, I would say, can play right back and he would be ahead of uh, Nathan at this stage. So Everton have a decision to make, I would say. What do they do with Patterson? Do you think Nathan Patterson needs a loan? I'll come to you, Matt Smith, first. Do you think a loan would be the best option for him at the moment to sort of stop his stunt, his growth, I suppose, as a footballer? Yeah, I think the ideal situation would have probably been to send him out on loan when we first bought him. I don't think he was ready at the time to to make the step up and, and kind of be that understudy to Coleman straight away because Coleman over the last few years has started to slow down in terms of his, his fitness and, and picking up little injury issues so there was always going to be quite a lot of responsibility on Patterson to sort of come from Scotland where he wasn't the first choice over there either and to come here and kind of be playing in the Premier League regularly I think it was a lot of pressure on him and 
you know, he's a type of player. He's not your old school traditional fullback, maybe like Coleman is a very different Ashley Young as well. He's he's more comfortable going forward, although I still think he's he needs to show, show signs of improvement going forward as well. But it's a really tough spot because when when a player's been in and around the first team for a couple of years now, it kind of looks like it's he's made he's going for a really bad spell if you're having to send him out on loan. It's like Holgate's been sent out on loan. It's kind of like cutting ties with him almost. And I don't think that it needs to be looked at like that, but it's just a shame. I think that we've, we've taken this long to try and sort of figure him out and think, right, is he good enough for the first team? Is he good enough to start? But we, you know, Deitch is in charge at the moment, more than likely going to be for the foreseeable future. And he clearly sees him as his, third, fourth choice right back. So they, if Godfrey's going to be sticking around and, and being an option there, it's a difficult spot. But the issue I think we've got is, you know, Ashley Young being out of contract, Coleman getting older, Ashley Young getting older. Ben Godfrey may push for a move in, in the summer, even though he's getting a couple of games now, he's not been happy with his game time. So there's three players there that are, that are aging, possibly out of contract, possibly looking to move. So in the summer, it will be a, a case of reassessing. But I do think he does need a loan. I think even if he's going to be second choice at Everton, I don't think that's good enough for him right now because he's not developing, he's not playing regularly. I think he's deserved a run in the side at times this season. But at the same time, I think when he has played, he hasn't completely stood out and took his chance. If you look at Mikalenko at the start of the season, when he came into the side, took his chance and Deitch can't drop him now. Brantfoit didn't get in the team at first, comes in for Keane, took his chance, you can't drop him now. I don't think Patterson's really given that performance where it's like, wow, we can't drop him. So I think the ideal world would be to send him out on loan, maybe to a championship side or even in Europe. Um, we've had you know players go out to Europe before. Brantfoit had a lot of success out there. So I think it it would be an ideal option, but Again, we need to assess what's going on with Coleman. What's is Ashley Young getting a new deal? Is Ben Godfrey sticking around before we sort of think about sending him out on loan? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Matthew Barry, what do you think in regards to Nathan Patterson? Do you feel he's been hard done by? Should he be playing more football for Everton? Or should he have been sent out on loan? Um, I believe in Nathan Patterson. I think he has a long-term future at Everton. Um, 
I I look at some of the some of the games he's had, and yet yeah, you can say you know he's he's not played particularly well. But the thing that sort of gives me hope is I just remember the Anfield derby, um, where you know he kept Robertson quiet, he kept Luis Diaz quite quiet. Um, then there was the West Ham win this season where you know he, he played. I thought I thought he played exceptionally well um, after sort of a ropey first fifteen minutes or so. Uh, and then Dice took him out of the team. Then, and I thought, you know, it's sort of he, he, he gets. He'll have a couple of good games, and then he, he'll either get a small injury or he'll get taken out of the team. And I, and I think that's that 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 quite knocks his confidence a little bit. Um, and I think you know, Dice Dice does need to give him a run of games. I think that he's he's sort of fallen between two stools. I think Patterson because. I think if the situation the club were in was a little bit more stable, i.e. we knew where we were with getting points back, um, I think he's probably less of a risk because we've got points on the board. So I think Dyche could afford him to play in some games where perhaps he might have thought, well, I can't really take the risk with him um, and be a little bit more adventurous. But, you know, I, I think that Matt's right. I think he could probably benefit from a loan. Um, you know, if the takeover goes through, then you've got the perfect opportunity where you've got clubs already in um, in our in our pot that the owners will own. So, you know, Genoa or Standard Liège or you know Seville, places like that. You know, where you see what happened with Brantwaite. He's gone abroad. He's developed. He's come back. He's a you know he, he's he's potentially a 75 million to 100 million pound centre to centre half now, you know, just because he's gone away, he's developed himself, he's played in the league that is competitive, he's played in European football. Um, so the benefits of, there, of that are there. But yeah, I, I just want to mention about uh, what Matt said about Mikalenko, where, you know, he's gone away in the summer and he's done a lot of his own self, he's done a lot of things to develop himself. Um, I think he's put a bit of weight on. Um, I think he's put a, put a bit of muscle mass on. I think he's improved um, his speed as well. He, he looks quicker this year. But, you know, he, he's gone away and done that. And I think perhaps that's something that Patterson could look at. I think he said in an interview last season that he needed to put some weight on anyway. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's a young player. And perhaps it's not that easy. You see all the weights and the muscle mass that Calvert-Lewin put on. Um you know, during during the COVID period, and you know, he seems to lost he's lost most of that now, and you know, lo and behold, he's available for more games. So, you know, and a long long story short, I suppose with with Patterson is that I think there's there's a big future for him at Everton, but um, I think if we, the club can find some stability off the field now, get our points back, then I think there will be opportunities for him going into the tail end of the season, you know, and dependent on if we do get any further sanctions, i.e. transfer bans or anything like that, then as Matt quite rightly says, you know, does Young get another year? Do we look at perhaps offering Gollum three fresh terms because he'd have a year left? Will Coleman get another year? You know, you've got somebody who's got another three and a half years on his contract sat there. And you're talking about giving contracts to people who are out of contract or got a year left and him being pushed further down the line. I I don't think you can do that. I think we need to make a decision on him as 
next season, is he going to be our starting right back or, you know, do we need to get him get him out to a good quality loan like like Brantford you had? Yeah, I do think you're right. It's just it's a typical Everton in the position we're at currently, obviously with the points deduction and stuff. We're not really in a position to be given a player a run of games just for the sake of his own development, which is sad state that we're in, honestly. But I'm sure mm-hmm. you'll both have seen the news today from the bubble, of course, that Bayern Munich were interested in Patterson in January. In my opinion, with the cover we have at the minute, I know you're talking about in the summer when Coleman maybe could retire, stuff people move on. But if you were in Sean Dice, Kevin Thelwell's shoes, and Bayern Munich were approaching for Patterson for in January past, would you have let him out and loan then, Matthew Barry? No, no, I wouldn't. No. I think no. I I think that it would perhaps um, make me think twice about well if we perhaps don't fancy him or if we've got doubts and you got a club like Bayern Munich who look at him and think, do you know what, there's a player there, you know, who's who's right, who's wrong, or perhaps they look at it from a completely different lens because a club like that quite often wouldn't look at players that Everton have respectfully. And if they see something in Nathan Patterson, then there must be something in Nathan, Nathan Patterson. And you, Matt Smith, what do you think? Would you have sent Nathan out alone to Bayern Munich in the summer or in January past, sorry? Well, yeah, short answer, no. And I think, to be honest, I don't think it's got too much specifically to do with him. I think there's players in the squad who are, who I don't rate as highly. Michael Keane, for example, who I wouldn't set, have sent out on loan in, in January simply because I don't think we could afford to lose any players. I think it would have been an interesting move for him and I I'm unsure how much game time he would actually get there, personally. Um, but obviously, they were after right backs throughout the January. They're looking at Kieran Trippier and um, Mukele, I think, from Paris Saint Germain. And they, look, they were they were after these sort of players and attacking fullbacks. And yeah, like Matt said, they've obviously seen something in him. But it's probably something that we don't see in a, in a Sean Dutch system where he has fl- high flying fullbacks that you know have little defensive responsibility. So, yeah, short answer, no, but simply to do with the fact that we I don't think we can afford to to lose anyone from this squad at the moment, unfortunately. That's fair enough. Two good answers there. Big couple of weeks coming up for Everton here now with the whole deduction appeal. It seems like it's never end at this stage. These next couple of weeks, I feel they're just going to drag in. I really just want this to be over with so we can focus on the Everton, our own Everton again, football on the pitch transfers, managers, whatever. But I'll ask you both a question. I'll go to Matthew Barry first. How many points do you think Everton will get back after the appeal? And how many points do you think would be a win to get back? Um, I think I think we'll get seven back. Um, and I think anything more than six is a win. So, if, say, for instance, Everton were given four points back, you'd be disappointed with that? Yeah, I would. I would, because um, I think if you're going to look at it from the point of view that, you know, they've given 10 as as a maximum, or 10 was the sanction, then if they're going to reduce anything on appeal, then I, I think there should be a minute, at least at least half, half back. 
for the independent or the the reviewing board to say, yeah, you were wrong. It shouldn't have been that much. Um, I think that when you look at it from the point of view that clubs who go into administration get nine points, and you know what we've done is absolutely nowhere near the the you know the levels um, that administration cause for clubs um, in terms of job losses and you know the the wider impact on um, on employment and things like that and you know, effectively people not getting paid then you know I don't even think this scratches the surface of, of, of what that is and you know I think that um, I think the three points should have been the sanction at the start or um, a transfer ban or suspended points but you know 10 points was just ridiculous and I think that I think that by the time the the um, the appeal is done then you know I, I think we'll get a good number of points back here's hoping and Matt Smith mm. what about yourself how many do you think we'll get back and what do you think will be classed as a win in your eyes yeah I'm I'm not as optimistic as Matt, unfortunately, but um, I wish I was. Either but... am I, don't worry. <laughs> and the th- to be fair, the thing is, I think it's like when when you get slapped with a, with a 10-point deduction, I think I originally thought, oh, if we get four points back, I'd probably be reasonably pleased. But it's kind of like we're up here and then they're, they're taking it down to here. And then, you know, you, you want something here, but because it's come down slightly, you're kind of... You just become happy with it because you you you're thinking about that ten point deduction. I think if we'd have been slapped with a six point deduction originally, I'd have still been disappointed with that. So it might not make too much sense, but I think where we've been hit with that ten point, I think people are like, yeah, four back would would be okay. But I think if you put the the ten point deduction into context and you look at the the full details of it and why we got it and and looking into all the the finances and and things like that i don't think it it even close to warrants a 10 point deduction i don't think it warrants a, a 6 point deduction so i think originally i would have said i was happy with with maybe getting four back but like i said i think our our judgments clouded by how hard they hit us and you're kind of just grasping for for anything but i think the 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 best case would have been a, a suspended deduction i think that's what we sh- should have possibly been given it's kind of a slap on the wrist and saying you know you, you've made a mistake don't do it again if you do it again that's when we're going to come down hard and and really really punish you as a club and I think that would have been reasonable I think I think a lot of fans would have accepted that because it's not going to impact us on the pitch it's not going to inter- impact the fans but it's kind of saying look you you're not getting away with it again and now they've they've sort of set this this president and and you've got so many clubs now worrying and and it's kind of completely impacted the the transfer market and things like that. Maybe some would argue that the transfer market needed impacting because of how silly it's getting. But yeah, long story short, I would I would have I'd be happy with I'd be happy with six back. I think, and I if I had to guess, I'd say we'll get four back. Think that's what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for, yeah. I think in some respects over over the last sort of couple of weeks or the last couple of games is that you've looked at the table and gone, well, if we can get five back, then we'll be here, or if we get six back, we can be there. Yeah. And 
you know, you, you sort of right, okay, well, how far away from we? How far away are we from the bottom three if we have such and such back? Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's it's like Paul says, it, it, it's it's just having a toll on people now, and it's it's, it's having an impact. And you know, one way or the other, you know, February needs to be a, a month of closure for for Evertonians in terms of the appeal and how many points we're getting back, what we're going to end mm-hmm. up with, um, and you know, in terms of the takeover as well, you know, it, from sort of end of February, March onwards, you know, we need to know what's what's happening for the rest of the season and, and not have anything hanging over us. Yeah, definitely. I just want to talk about the teams in and around the bottom of the table with us as well. The likes of Luton, as we can see, are starting to, they're getting pulling results out, scoring a lot of goals as well, for, to be fair to them. What teams do you think Need to be worried. Say Everton don't get any points back. Pure hindsight, obviously. But what teams need to be worried about relegation? I see. Funny enough, I seen your tweet, Matt, Matt Smith, about Palace being in a bit of trouble. Do you think the likes of them, maybe not in Forest, obviously with their deduction, Brentford, are they all in sort of trouble alongside Everton at the moment, or what do you think there? Yeah, I think if you look at their squads, I think it's. It's hard to say they'll go down. I think that a lot of the ones around us, the the forests and the the palaces, Brentford's, they've they've you know, forests even more so. Spent a lot of money on their squad. Palace have got a lot of talented players, but you look at the table and you look at their results at the minute, and you look at the likes of um, Elise and Eze out injured. I think um, Mark Gahey came off injured against Brighton as well. They can get dragged into trouble really quickly, and I look at personally look at Everton's, you know, starting eleven and, and a few subs, and think too good to go down. Especially with, you know, the the free promoted teams, I, I look at it and think too good to go down. But these you can't, you know, Leicester City last season, I thought they would be too good to go down. So it can happen, and these teams can get dragged into it. Do I think they will? Possibly not. I think if Notts Forest are getting a, a points deduction, if we're not getting many points back, I don't think these clubs will get dragged into it. But there is that possibility. And I think everyone's worrying about Luton at the moment. But all it takes is for us to have a, a couple of wins and, and results to go away. And we're climbing above these Notts Forest Palace, even without getting any points back. So I think a lot of people are worried about Luton, like I said. But I think without us having a deduction, they'd still be in and amongst it, you know, looking in trouble. I think they've still conceded some of the most chances in the Premier League. I think they've still got problems defensively. They conceded four against Newcastle, did score four, but they've still got problems. And I think we're a lot more organised than than a team like that defensively. So I think, yeah, there's teams to that could get dragged into it, but I, I do still think Luton will be the team to go down and Everton, obviously, ultimately stay up and I think the uh, the bottom two I don't think that'll be changing anytime soon yeah I hope you're right as long as Everton stay up that's the main thing but Matt Barry what's your thoughts any other teams around us sort of think they'll fall into the trap uh, um, I, I think Matt's, Matt's spot on with, with the bottom two as they are now um, personally I think Palace are banging trouble I think at least say in SA being injured now Gay's out for I think three or four weeks um and it, it it looks like you know Mr Hodgson might be in a bit of trouble as well. So um you know once 
the rut starts to set in sort of this time this time of the year, then I think it's it's hard to try and you know, turn the ship around. I think you know the fans are unhappy, the players don't look very happy, and um, you know there was a rumor that Steve Parrish was was looking around for somebody to come in, and you know there's not a lot of takers for for the position if if Hodgson was to go. So um, I think I think you know they might be a bit in trouble. Um, and Forest, you know, Forest keep on signing forward-thinking players. So you know, they remind me of Keegan's Newcastle a little bit, where you know they'll they'll score goals, but they're, they're just going to concede. And you know, Chris Wood's injured now for I think six to eight weeks. So one, he's only come, uh, or he's just come back now, and you know, he seems to put two or three games together and misses eight or nine. Um, you know, so if if two of Forest's main goal scorers are out, then. You, know, you sort of think, well, okay, and if they get a points deduction, then you know if we're going to get points back, we're only going to add to our total. If they get a points deduction, then you know they're going the other way. So, um, I think I think it'll be between Palace and Forest for the third place. I think Luton, I think Luton will stay up. I think there's there's a bit of fight in Luton. I think there's still a little bit of the unknown. Um, about about Luton, I think you know that might change next season if they do stay up. But um, I think they've just got momentum, upward momentum at this point. But I think I think we'll be fine. I think we'll end up finishing thirteenth or fourteenth. Really love your optimism there. I really wish I could do that myself. I, just don't, <laughs> I don't have it in me. I don't have that in me. Well, I'll just finish with a question I had sent in. Guy messaged me on Twitter just to ask the question and show last week. It's a question for I'll go to Matt Smith first to answer them quickly. Who do you think has been Everton's Player of the Year this year, and why? So far. Ooh, that's tough. I think in spells, I think Jared Brantford stood out massively. I think Vitaly Mikolenko as well, but they've not been in the team as much as maybe others. I think if you're looking at for the whole season, I think I'd probably edge it. James Tarkovsky. I think. I think he's done an unbelievable job this season. Maybe goes under the radar in some games because people notice Brantway a little bit more. But I think that the sort of experience and youth centre-back partnership is is working really well. And I think Tarkovsky deserves a lot of credit for that. He stole mine there. He was my player of the year so far this season. And Matt Barry, to finish, who's your player of the year this season so far? Uh, Mikalenko. I think for somebody who had questions um, about about him last season um, and wasn't Altogether, the first choice left back when when Dyche first came in, for him to be, you know, I I think he's probably droppable, um, in in the current setup and based on current form, uh, I think he's one of the best left backs in the league, and you know, he and he's gone away and, and worked on his own game, on his own volition, just just to improve, and I think that speaks volumes of somebody. He's got a lot of things going on back home as well, um, you know, and he's still. Still being able to produce displays he's producing and improving, um, and I think you know that that's that's a fantastic testament to the man's character. And I I think I just think he's been he's been seven out of ten minimum for, for the majority of the games this season. Yeah, he's another worthy candidate. I suppose he's been brilliant this season. I just thought I'd mention before we finish up, we've got our YouTube channel here. A few from the Bones back up and running. A few new faces on board and a few new weekly shows. And you might also see ourselves on that show coming up soon. So check out the channel on YouTube, A View From The Balance. 
Thanks for listening. Take care and up the toffees.